Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Wine Times, the podcast about all things grape-related, brought to you in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club, with me, Makita Oliver. And me, Will Lyons, the Sunday Times Wine Columnist and Vice President of the Sunday Times Wine Club. Yes, and this show, as you might have guessed, is all about wine. Red, white, rosé, sparkling. Italian, French, Australian, South African and all the rest. This series, we're going to be tasting our way through those tannins and we won't be doing it alone. No, no, no. Oh, no, certainly not. Every episode, we'll be joined by a well-known guest for some good wine, good times and good conversation. Sounds like fun, doesn't it? And remember, the wines featured in this episode and all others are available through the Sunday Times Wine Club. If you haven't signed up yet, there'll be a link in the episode description for you. So, whether you're an expert with a broad palate or you just tend to stick to the house stuff. In this show, you're sure to find something to suit taste. We're back in Wadadley Kitchen. It's just beside the River Lee in London's Hackney Wick. It's owned by the myth, the legend, uh, the chef <laughs> that is Andy Oliver. She's also my mother. Hi, Mum. Popping corks and chatting away with Makita and myself today will be Rob Rinder, the broadcaster, columnist and king of the courtroom. You will know him from his really rather popular show, Judge Rinder, where as well as dealing with legal issues and family disputes, it's also very funny. Outside of the TV justice system, Rob is obviously a fantastic lawyer and has graced the dance floor of Strictly Come Dancing. He shares his thoughts in his weekly evening standard column and has just begun as the Friday Drive host on talk radio. Rob, I have to say you are our first guest that has been offered food. I can't tell you how happy I am right now. The idea that you would get thanked for coming um, to uh, get free wine and food... It says everything about like so-called celebrity and how people need to pull themselves together. <laughs> I mean, there are people in this world that really require, in fact, demand of us our thanks. Mm. Like, we need a new word. Not for, this like, moment. Not, well, <laughs> not one of them. I'm, I'm living my best life. I've learnt a new word just before as well. Oh yeah, right? we introduced um, Rob to the word shubs. Shubs. Do you know what shubbing is? No, I don't. Shubs is a party with dancing. Oh. So if you're going to go out and have a little shubs. You de- it means you have to dance. What would your yeah. words be for that? A party where you're definitely going to have a dance? My 30s. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd call it a ball, wouldn't you? A ball. <laughs> a ball. We'll call it a there ball. Rob would call it his 30s, I'd call it a shubs. 
And when you were at your mm. when you were in your thirties, yeah. did you enjoy wine? Did you love wine that in that decade? Yeah, but can you see my face? Actually, you can't because we're being listened to. Um, the thing about wine is, I've been on uh, one like actual like course, and oh. I've been to a few of these vineyards. You know, we go to like California and Italy, and, and every time I've been the worst person there because I'm. I, I, I'm not connected with inauthenticity, but at the same time, I walk in with that sort of sense of terrorism, that social terrorism that I'm going to get it all wrong. Right. Yeah. You know, in the way, like, I'm really into art, and people come to house, like, do you like art? They go, it's right. You, a, you're free to hate it. All I want you to do is sort of look at it. If you hate it, that's great. Mm. Yeah. There's something about the way that we experience any kind of cultural thing in this country. It's all about, you know, it's owned by certain people. That's a very long throat clearing to say, um, yeah, I love wine, but I do have, as one French woman said to another French woman, thinking I didn't understand a gob like asbestos. I'm going to be rubbish at it. <laughs> but it is, it is this it's strangely terrifying subject. Mm. And even I, who've been going to wine tastings for 24, 25 years, I get scared. No way. And there's always, a, there's always three phases of a wine tasting. Like the first phase, everyone comes in and everyone's nervous. What are they nervous of? I don't know what people. I think nervous. Social anxiety. Look, what? Who are they looking people to? People are nervous of getting things wrong, aren't yes. they? And with wine, because it's like learning a language or learning okay. um, a musical instrument, and, and, and you're so it's so alien to us, I suppose. And also, I think in the UK, it's it was the upper classes that traditionally drank wine, so it's seen as a sort of aristocratic beverage pastime and it's something that we didn't do it only be, only came in the sort of 80s and 90s this sort of huge democratization and then people started tasting wine was and blue nun a wine blue nun was a yeah. okay because that was more like what my family <laughs> yeah, were about same, in the 80s same. Don't think i sound like i've been mugged by a mitford i'm south gay so my, Are you south yeah gay? my yes, dad's yes. a you know black tax driver. there's blue nun everywhere yeah and there's that sense in which, I mean, it's not just true of wine. And, you know, I write about opera now. And I've often walked out where it looks like they've opened the bowels of ha- Harrods Food Hall and there they all are, you know. Pearls are so hot. <laughs> or like they're laughing at the joke in German. Yeah. Not because they're delighted by it, but because they got it. Sense of display to exclude others. So Oxford and Cambridge have a blind wine tasting competition every March. Yeah. They've been invited to me anywhere else at university. <laughs> I saw someone sent me just pictures recently. I was like, why didn't nobody tell me I look like Claire Balding on steroids? <laughs> Tell me, tell me that's not true. I've got pictures. Okay. No, but the point is, sorry, the point is that I um, I was asked to go down and give them a talk anyway. So the 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 the, the first term, the Christmas term, or what they call the Michaelmas term, Mm -hmm. they practice five days a week, five nights a week. I'm not joking. Tasting, tasting, tasting. Practice. And then because all about. You have to remember the taste and the smells. And then the, the Easter term, the, you know, after New Year, what they yeah. call the Lent term, Lent, yeah. they do seven days a week. Who are up these until, Up until the competition, which is in March. Oh, there's a competition. And they take it as, they take it uh, as seriously as the right. boat race. Wow. Not only do we have food and candles this week. Mm. I know candles, for God's sake. I was talking to my mother this morning, and I thought, mm-hmm. and she's a big fan of yours, so we, we, we have upgraded moment. the wine as well. At the last yeah. minute, like... That's really um, made me happy. Things have really <laughs> come up a notch for this episode, yeah. I don't want to lie. So we are starting with... Um, well, we're going to France, but we're going to Champagne. And it's Charles Heisey. I think this is the be- one of the best non-vintage mm. champagnes on the market. So Charles Heisey was founded mm. in 1851 by the original Champagne Charlie, Charlie Heisey, who became uh, quite a sort of um, well-known champagne salesman in North America during the, the sort of 18... You know, so the... Uh, um, the 19th century and he was like um, well he wowed New York essentially and they all thought he was the most sophisticated 
Is this Champagne oh. Charlie? Is yeah. There, is there a book about him? There, 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 there must be. But I, I, always, I always feel of Charles Heisey, it's like the insider's choice in a way. And um, 40% of this is made from the reserve wines, which they age for 10 years. Hence the golden colour, which of course you can't see. It's gorgeous. Because this is a podcast. It's really, really um, But you smell it. So it's, um, it's got this sort of rich copper gold colour. And then the grape varieties, it's 50% Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Um, oh, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> that's, these, that's actually one of But it's of those. got sort of that warm... Sorry, that sounds a bit pretentious now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm in Biscuity. Listen, if of, you, yeah. anything that you express with authentic enthusiasm... Half people, it's a gardener's question time. Don't know. Uh, gardens. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I'm obsessed. <laughs> like, uh, there's nothing in my house I haven't killed that's a lot. <laughs> but the show. My husband, but the show is great. <laughs> If you it, tell us what we're, what what does that help us out? So I think you're getting those warm biscuity notes. Oh, biscuity! But when you say it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost buttery, isn't it? It's mm. right. A bit of buttery from that. Now we need to talk about the spittoon to our left yeah. because oh, Rob's not like, interested no, even no, slightly. Don't have to. <laughs> no, I was brought up promptly. I'm not spitting. <laughs> Out. Champagne does feel worse to spit out, I yeah, must it say. It does. does, plus it's been a long lockdown, I'm not spitting. No. Okay, so, I'm yeah, going to taste this and mm. um, sip I'm going to have a spit, just because mm. I'm not very good at speaking and, and uh, taking wine. Mm. It's creamy, it's, it, it t- I mean it is an expensive wine, but it tastes more expensive than it is. There's a slight softness to yeah. it, like a softness in the bubbling, it doesn't sort of feel, it doesn't feel like that yeah. kind of like strippy quality that you yeah. get with some of the... I mean, are there any bad champagnes? I know there's a lot of bad carvers. Well, there really can be, yeah. yeah. There, 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 there are. I mean, and, and, and there's also a lot of champagne. Yeah, there is. So, the, you know, I, was, I think I was saying uh, um, in previous podcasts when we were talking about English sparkling wine, yeah. we produce in a good year between 8 and 15 million bottles. In champagne, they produce up to 350 million. This is a lovely. good glass of champagne. There's nothing like it, actually. And I feel that a lot of people scrimp on this, and so they opt for other sparkling wines like Prosecco, mm. which have their place, but they're just not the same. Don't have the body that the this body, has. The body, exactly, the mm. structure. Mm, the structure. Um, the savoury element. and mm. Hugh Johnson says, nothing lifts the mood like a glass of champagne. Well, <laughs> how astute. <laughs> but um, talk to me, throughout your, throughout your life, mm. do you have any memories of drinking some really good champagne at something very fancy? Because you've told us a particularly fancy story already. I've lived so, do you know, it's so interesting because um, I've sort of had two lives, really. One in the media and, and one doing kind of international law and stuff. And so, and, and, and being at the criminal bar before that. Criminal bar, you know, if it yeah. was alcoholic, it was being drunk, you know, Chateau Plonk. Oh, yeah. Chateau well, Thames Embankment, that's Chateau what Chateau Thames from Rumpole. Right. Right. Rumpole, good. <laughs> good, good reference, yeah, exactly. Will knows so. the crew, you mean. Right, but you'd be in, you know... Um, and you'd have to dine it in a temple or whichever yeah. your inn was 12 times and sometimes they'd get out the good stuff if the poshos were in hang on what's dine in a temple so to become a barrister I think it's still the cat you have to you had to eat 12 times on long tables in order for you to become a barrister what's the meal got to do with it Initiation. <laughs> no, no, there's nothing like weird happening. It's not like there's no Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise showing up. <laughs> like Midsummer Murders. What's around. happening? No, you so see, you took it there. It's part of the kind of collegiality of becoming a member of the bar, right? And it's got really rich history. I mean, I when mm. I came to the bar, the guy was 103 who was at the <sighs> in a table sitting on the table with me, who'd known what it was. In fact, he'd been. Uh, as a very young man, uh, at inner table with um, a Mahatma Gandhi, who was a barrister at the inner table. And sometimes they'd crack open, as I say, the good stuff, especially if you got invited back, if yes. you were, had done something special. And, you know, that was absolutely kind of part yeah. of the tapestry of the world. And then in international things, 
if you're doing, sometimes you're there representing a government of some description, they get out, they crack open the good stuff. Um, I have to say, I've been to the palace a couple of times. See, I knew we'd get oh, fancy hello. stories from Rob. I'm not just saying. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't impressed. What, crap champagne at the palace? Oh, crap <laughs> champagne? It was just a bit like, mm, I mean... Meh, wine at the palace. I have theories on this, but they're just back of the fag packet theories. Go on. Queen Mother was very extravagant. Yeah. The Queen and the late Duke were products of the 50s and the wartime. They were very yes. sort of, um, a, you know, uh, what sort of... Uh, Abstemious and frugal. Mm. Charles, very extravagant. Thrifty. Yeah. Uh, William and Kate what, Epicurean Yes So yeah. you think it was one think, on one off I think William and Kate and, Yeah exactly <laughs> we, we The whole thing is You don't do what your parents do I just don't think you can really delight in life Unless you love food and wine Yeah mm. I just don't think you can be any good at sex at all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, Or anything about Do you know what I mean The origins of champagne are quite interesting mm. So we're going back to the 17th century really So it's a time of the three musketeers mm-hmm. Who's on the throne It's uh, the Sun Buck- King. Yes, the Sun King in France. Yes. Buckingham here. Uh, no. Buckingham, so, no, 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 he wouldn't be... But what year are we talking? So it was 1664? 1664. It's Charles II. Charles II. Yeah, yeah. But who's his number one... Who's running the show? Because it's Cardinal... Yeah, Buckingham is involved, yeah. Because it, yeah, and, and it's Richelieu in France. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can think of D'Artagnan, or if you're a bit younger, yeah. Dogtanian. Oh, Dog yes. Now I'm in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dog-tanian. But, but, yeah, but, but I mean, Richard, uh, 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 Charles I was an unbelievable connoisseur. I know. I know. And we had the, created the richest yeah. art collection yeah. of any oh, monarch. Really? Unbelievable. Huge, yeah. Un- incredible. Yeah. I also un- used to listen to this uh, music that was. It's actually really, it's really techno y now. But, um, but of its day, unbelievably cutting edge. Yeah, he was a real concert. Yeah. The techno and of the 60s, And very sophisticated. It's even, I'm not even joking with you. I mean, I don't really understand, but it really does sound like it. You can even bring wow, it back. Wow. But his son, of course, yeah. unbelievable chord. Yeah. His brother, not so much. Richard yeah, yeah. II. No, so James II, not so much. And so you had this monk called Don Perignon who was working out. Shut in, up. In, in, we know um, he is. in Champagne. But he's basically a viticulturist, so he wrote the first book on viticulture. So he was the Alan Titchmarsh of his day, oh, or, okay. or the Monty right. Don. Let's okay. let's, 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 let's Monty be. Don. But there was, so he was tending vines at the monastery yeah. um, just outside of Epinay, called Oakvillers. And he was adding uh, small amounts of, I think, molasses and yeast to still wine. Because the, because the, the, the wines of Champagne were very, you know, it's a very northern region. They were very sharp. They had lots of acidity. So you put a bit of yeast in, a bit, a, 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 a bit of um, mm. molasses. What happens is you get a secondary fermentation. It does make them a little bit sweeter, but he was getting... So one night, the story goes, and this is a legend. And this is the origin of champagne. Yeah, but it's a, it's a legend rather than, rather than actual fact. Uh, all, the champagnes were, all the champagne bottles were popping because they didn't have strong enough glass in France. So if you went down to an old-fashioned champagne cellar, you'd have to wear a steel mask. And he rushes down in the middle of the night. Yeah. And I'd love to have gone back, because he, he obviously um, takes a bottle that's popped, pours himself a glass, and apparently he says, come quickly, for I am tasting the stars. Oh, <laughs> love that. No, it's probably not a true story, no, but it's but a lovely I story, think no, isn't that it? With that... I'm going to take another sip Cheers, because so because good. that really is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like that's Quickly, what we're doing. I am tasting. Do you the know stars. what? It almost makes the fact that the Champagne region is that litigious. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
thank you very much for listening to this episode of Wine Times in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club. Remember, the wines featured in this episode and all others are available through the Sunday Times Wine Club. If you haven't signed up yet, there'll be a link in the episode description for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So we're leaving Champagne and we're going to southwest France to Bordeaux, which is the, the world's largest fine wine region. Um, in terms of production, because I know you, you, you like a few stats, um, yeah. because I'm amazed how much wine it produces. It produces more wine than Australia, Bordeaux. The whole of Australia? Yeah, the whole of Australia. It produces 750 million bottles. <laughs> and I don't, it's I don't size, relative size, but that's what I think about. I mean, yeah, obviously it's be... tiny. So it's, but but, yeah. but it, 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 it does spread out. It sort of fans out from the city and the sort of Gironde estuary. And, and, and it's famous for red wine. Sure. I got it, proposed it, to you in Santa Antemilio oh, on was, a vineyard. Oh, that's, come yeah. on. That's pretty yeah. lovely. Was there, was there Which wine? Which one? Can you say? There's a lot of wine, yeah. A lot of wine. I know. It's a beautiful. Santa Antemilio is one of the most... Okay. What a trajectory! <laughs> like the adventure. But it was magical. It so you kind of say when you say Bordeaux, it's yeah. a bit like you know when I start talking to people about 1930s Russian art, I can feel this sort of uh, a sort of thin fog of a coma start to sort of disappear over people, and and I'm feeling that a bit. You say Bordeaux, it yeah. feels so big, but also what it comes it with its own brand and its own yeah. stuff. And say so this is a Bordeaux. Yeah. And I was like, what does that mean? What should I know? Do you know what I mean? So the like, first thing you need to know is it's divided by water. So it's, it sits on the Atlantic. You've got the Gironde estuary comes in. And you have two sides of the estuary. One's the southern side is called the left bank. Yeah, yeah. And the northern side where you were engaged or yeah. uh, is, is the right With bank. With that limestone, apparently. Yeah, well, it. so the right bank has clay soils. Right. And the left bank has gravel soils. And the left bank makes red wine from Cabernet Sauvignon blends. And the right bank makes wine, um, red, red, red wine from Merlot blends. But Bordeaux does also produce white wine from Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon, sweet wine, rosé, and a little bit of sparkling as well. But it's famous for these big, rich, mm. brooding mm. red wines. It can cost up to now. Yeah, and a mega sort of Cheval Blanc. Which is not what you put in front of us. No. This is right. a, this is so a I've 
done what all sort of wine experts that they love to be different, don't they? So I found a great variety yeah. where there's it's hardly there's hardly any of it in Bordeaux. I think there's sort of why few, is there hardly any of a it? A few hundred hectares planted. It's called Sauvignon Gris. It's, it's it's for blending. It's because it's sort of out of fashion, really. Mm. Um, and this is called Chateau Lacroix, and it would go really well, I think, with something like hard white cheese, like mm. Comte, or of course shellfish i mean bordeaux is the the second gastronomic capital of france isn't it really it really sits in every part of your mouth it's like all in my cheeks and stuff Mm. which i quite like i like that it sort of travels and sits a little oysters Mm, god yeah i mean it's limitless we're not far from oysters here are we really why where are we we're in well if you think East End would be so. Oh, awesome. right, yeah. But <laughs> maybe 50 I mean, years ago. Yeah, probably about the 50s. It's all been quite gentrified. <laughs> <laughs> Take what? to a techno rave if you want. I think the oysters. Yes, God. Jenny Deals? Slightly moved on in Hackney Woods. But no, this is lovely. Um, it's actually really nice, but as when I first started, I, I said the same that yeah. most people say is I don't love white wine. But Will has explained it to me in a very different way and sort of opened my eyes up into the detail and different structures that it has. And I yeah. see it very differently. I approach white wine very differently yeah. now. This is the viscosity in this which yes, makes good. it richer. Oh, you've got it. Yeah. You've totally cracked it. She was wrong, so that lady. Thing, yeah. Yeah, she you was said, wrong. You said you didn't have the, often, you had the power I mean, to I'm often underestimated. <laughs> I want. This is absolute true story. I once went to apply to an extradition warrant in The Hague and couldn't understand why I'd been shunted to this room full of interpreters. Turned out there was a bit of a mix-up. They thought I was there to do the hair and makeup for the interpreters. I was there to apply for the real <laughs> Subconscious bias, my friends. That's not the energy but, 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 you enter a room with at all, Rob. But, 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 so, but, so there are two ways of approaching wine if you know nothing about it. Yeah. One is you learn the taste and flavours of the sort of principal grape varieties, yeah. which we used to call the noble grape varieties, but then we thought that's too pompous. Yeah. I mean, the bad news is there's about 10,000 different grape varieties. Sure. Good news is only about 1,000 planted, but you really only need to learn the taste and flavour of seven. It's like learning the character of seven football teams. Mm-hmm. And you can go anywhere. You can go to Inner Temple and hold your own with the, you know, the Centurion Barrister. Yeah. You can go to Elvino's or you can go to Sunday Times Wine oh. Club. And those seven are... I don't know if I can remember them. Oh, my God. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc yeah. for white, Chardonnay and Riesling, which we haven't had, and then for red, Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah or, Syrah. Shir- or Shiraz, and Grenache. So, yeah, and, and then you could have the ones on the, on the, on the, on the sort of periphery, which would be Malbec and... But there if are any, those if I have sort missed out any, there um, are those write in. staples, <laughs> aren't there? Those are the staples. If you learn the taste and flavour of those, you're fine. Now, in France... They believe, as, as Rob was saying in Terroir, they believe that the wine reflects the place where it was grown. The field, essentially, the, yeah. the vineyard. So in Chablis, the only grape variety is Chardonnay, but they don't put Chardonnay on the label. They put the village and they put the name of the vineyard and the name of the person that's made it. And you, as a consumer, are meant to know that, A, the region Chablis is from Chardonnay, and you're meant to know the different vineyards the, the, the character of the different vineyards Goodness. to add another layer of complexity over this the vintage which is the growing season changes every year so in Bordeaux and this is a big discussion especially in the law people are like what's the 08 like well the 9 was you know much more supple and approachable because yeah. they all taste slightly different right I would have thought that you were um, I know like lots of listeners here will already be kind of with you but some people who are delighted by your authentic enthusiasm but nevertheless a bit nervous like me yeah. would have thought that 
you know, there's a bit of do me a favour dumb going yeah. on. Till I tasted the Spanish one, it was two years, different years. I can't, um, it, looked, it was Clio Nadal, it was called. And there was a 2011 and a 2012. Tasted totally different, yeah. same land. Yeah. One same land. Same land, same place, yeah. totally untrickable. I thought, yeah, this is a real thing. Well, this is like 9 and 10 Bordeaux. So 9 was really hot. All those wines are now very approachable, i.e. they're soft, they've got lots of fruit. The 10, just a year later, they've got lots of tannin, lots of bitter flavour. Yeah. And they're quite sort of um, robust, and, and the fruit's not showing well. So if you're in a restaurant and you have, oh great, I've, I've ordered this Chateau Tarbes, I love it, and it's a nine, and then you go to another restaurant and you accidentally order the ten, you'll be like, well, completely it, different. It wasn't wine. what I expecting yeah. at all. Keeps and it interesting, why, doesn't it? Keeps it, and that's why I think pe- that's why learned people who love learning, mm. i.e., people that like ac- academia, love wine. Because it's a lifetime of yeah. learning. It is, And yeah. it's a lifetime of showing off your knowledge. Yeah. I thought I'd get it all by the time we finished this series. I, we haven't even begun. But that's only one part this of it. Nice. I mean, this at the end nice. of the day, it's a beverage. You know? And, uh, no, no, don't say no, that, but, Will. You know, but, no, I, mean, I disagree. No, but that's not fair. I yeah. think, you know, what I like about this show is that I feel it's sort of accessible. I feel... Yeah. You know, I'm not made to sort of feel that this is not yeah. for me. It's beyond. This is great. Now that you're tasting this um, this uh, wine this. from from Southwest France, we don't talk Chateau about prices, prices, do we? No, no. Oh, God, we're that we posh. We? <laughs> I don't know. We I don't, don't have the don't discuss money. <laughs> <laughs> what? But I wanted to know if it was giving you <laughs> taking you back because the one great thing about wine, in, in the same way that food does, is that it directly takes you back to somewhere. Mm. And of course, you were, had this beautiful romantic time in France. So. Drinking the wine, does it? No, no, not quite. No, no, no. I mean, the romantic. Actually, no. My marriage and my the proposal was beautiful, and and we um, went on a couple of wine tours in um, Santa Miliana. People are so passionate, yeah. and what I like about it again, the thing that I really am interested at the moment is sort of classical music and making people at least take the opportunity to go and, and hear it, right? And the only way you do that is by making people who can talk about it be authentically enthused, much like you are, and to be to enable people to feel sufficiently okay uh, about coming into the space in the first place. And what I loved about all these tours is that there were such a rich, genuine variety of different people, young women who knew tons, and they were genuinely delighted by it. That changes the complexion of how you experience it. It didn't feel like it was, you know, a a narrow club with a very specific sort of membership um, that was not necessarily my thing. And so this does take me back to Santa Million in those happy memories. And also summer, like the type of thing where I would only drink white wine on summer holidays. With the heat. Yeah, there's something about the, the... quiet sunshine especially in france where you actually this takes me to la rochelle yeah actually, i'll go back to throw it over my <laughs> friend had a, the most beautiful house my mentor at the bar and he and his husband were married for 53 years well together 53 years wow. before it was legal um and they had this place north of ile de Ray. Oh, fantastic! right and every day when you go and stay in this house with immaculate effortless critical word effortless perfection you know none of that sense you can, all you had to do was show up for dinner all other bets or all other arrangements were off. He'd serve up just the most lovely wine, and it's that certain smell of the French wine that somehow connects it to a very specific countryside, and that sort of mm, loveliness. And we've talked about this, all these long-term memories which come from your old bulb, and suddenly a wine can unlock those long-term memories. Oh, it's because of smell. It smells. It smells, smell, smell, right? It smells more than so any evo- other. Exactly. Definitely. Definitely. Don't you you think? It could be the smell of your... Of your, of your jacket, or you go into a taxi yeah. and it's leather seats or something. So. Tommy Hilfiger of men, can't. It, it. Yeah, yeah, John Paul Gaultier, men, can't John smell Paul it. John Paul Gaultier, that's the one I mean. That's the one I mean, that's the one I mean. Too many ex-boyfriends. That is exactly so, <laughs> right. 
Oh my god, that is he, how old are you? 37. <laughs> I'm a little bit old, but yes. Yeah, but I think my generation of boys were trying to be a bit grown up. <laughs> that wearing... thing was Fahrenheit. Oh no, I don't remember Fahrenheit. Oh yes, right. Fahrenheit, yes. Right. <laughs> That's for Will. Yeah, it's dirty fumblings after a ropey bar mitzvah. Yeah, I know, it's and it's of... because it's a smell. So this has all of that's true actually. Yeah. Even the sound as well. Of a so kind it comes yeah, back. It comes back. So magic, yeah. yeah. So th- 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 that's why, you know, the, the, the classic one is your your mother's cooking, isn't it? You, you smell mm. that and you go back. No wine happening. My mother's cooking. Right. Wine um, number three. I think. Lovely, it's lovely. Uh, wine number three is a red, oh. Will. And we yes. do, we do, really we do like usually. This. Do you do? Do you, do yeah. you step it out? Like, uh, only because I'm trying to present the one? show. Oh, sorry, I forgot about that. I didn't want to spit it out. I'm just trying to be professional, Rob. Um, we, <laughs> I, can't we do, that's we your, do. I can't believe that's your perfume. I, had, so I, can't I know, but I mean, we'll <laughs> talk about that. We'll talk about that. I bet it's like the same family of blokes <laughs> we were snogging. Um, we always, we do usually end with a red. And I feel like if we were having dinner, we'd have some champagne, we'd have some white, and then we would... I kind of feel like people get into their comfortable red zone at the end of a meal or at the end of a sort of afternoon of wine. And what red are we having today, Will? Well, I think this is slightly unfair on the wine because oh. I don't want to apologise. I'm getting quite paranoid about apologising. But this is... Um, <laughs> yes, good. This is the most... This is a wine that really demands red meat oh, to show yeah. it at its best. I have to say, it looks like red. It looks like deep, it's unusual. dark Again, velvet. So we are, Before we're... we get into some really controversial question, yeah. can you have red wine with fish that's not yeah. monkfish? Yes, you can. Yes. Uh, tuna steaks. Right. Yes. Uh, salmon, actually. Poached salmon. I have red wine with fish a lot, but you would go for a, li- a texturally light red wine. Like, like a, a little, noir? Like a little... Yeah, I, I think, some stuff. Know, but no, but I've been listening back to these podcasts. I think McKee's I'm feeling a bit. I'm actually <laughs> having a bit of a moment. I don't know why. No, it's just it's like a gay moment, you know, because like, you're quite an icon anyway. Yeah. And like when you said, was it, shall I have the Loire? It's like, <gasps> no, but I've just, it's because I've been sitting with Will for weeks doing this. I've, I've listened. So you have um, something like, a, yeah, so the great variety in the Loire is Cabernet Franc, but, but something like a Beaujolais or a Pinot Noir, slightly chilled. Mm. Um, but think of the texture and weight of the fish yeah. and that of the wine. So you, if you're in a restaurant, just say, I'd like a wine that's sort of medium weight, almost translucent. Yeah, because I feel like if you can have some place, which is quite sort of flat and thin, you don't yeah. really want a heavy body. Where am I ordering place? That. I don't know. <laughs> Lemon song? My Bubba's house. Who's ordering <laughs> place? Who has place that doesn't do what? Carp? <laughs> place she's ordering. What am I in hospital? <laughs> Of the place. <laughs> no, no, you don't, don't you punish yourself. Get the sea mask. <laughs> so the we're third wine is from where? This well, so we're going to South America. So we're going 7,000 miles from Bordeaux, like crossing the Atlantic. But we're not going to their two most famous wine producing countries, which are Argentina and yeah. Chile. Mm. And Malbec has been the most successful grape variety in Argentina. Mm. But in Uruguay, they have a grape variety called Tanat. T-A-N-N-A-T, which you hardly ever see, which is what we have here This one's from Uruguay. So it's a 2018 Anos Reserve Tanat. Why I think Tanat's interesting, because I'm a hypochondriac, and there was a book by Professor Roger Corder uh, called The Wine Diet, where he looked at uh, civilizations that had the most centurions, so the islands of the Mediterranean, southwest France, and what he found they all did was exercise vegetables or the, or the Mediterranean diet, yeah. but they all had a glass of red wine a day. Um, and these 
what they found in red wine is, and, 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 and I'm slightly speaking because I'm, I'm not a medical professional, but they contain rivastrol and polyphenols, which can sort of clear or help clear the blood, I believe. Hmm. Tannet was the most healthy grape variety out of every grape variety. Can I just say, literally every Jew listening to this yeah. is, is buying this. <laughs> right. So I, like... I am, I'm so, so excited. This is the wine you want if you've got a, you know, if, you, if you're just having. But the thing Little is, glass. Rob, you've got to have about half a glass a night. No more, oh. no less. And, yeah, put it back down, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, fine. The Lord give us but... the Lord take away. <laughs> the Lord created boundary. Um. <laughs> and, and like Malbec, it's got this... <laughs> <laughs> it's got this short finish. If you have. So it's ideal with steaks. It goes really well with them. Um, there is something so potent in the smell that I cannot yeah. put my finger on. Please Dark tell me. Fruit. Can we talk about the colour of this? Yeah. Yes. It's a lovely colour. Dark crimson colour. Yeah. Yeah. There was a study in 2001 yeah. at the University of Bordeaux by a PhD student called Frederick Brochet. And he got 54 wine professionals who were studying for their enology exams. So these were undergraduates but wine professionals. And he asked them, he gave them a list of descriptors of white wine, so citrus, lemon, and a list of descriptors of red wine, so plum, blackberry, blackcurrant. Gave them two glasses of wine and asked them to put the descriptors next to the wines. The wines were both white, but the red wine, he had put in a a flavourless dye. And they all thought the white wine, which was dyed red, was a red wine. Just look, visually, that just made them feel that that's what they were tasting, even. If you put, if you serve, if you want to do a really nasty game, <laughs> serve red wine to your wine snob friends in a mug where they can't see the colour, and it is all white wine, it's very difficult to decipher the colour of a wine without seeing without it. It's amazing, seeing that, it. isn't it? Um, I don't know what's going on with our brains. I feel like I could always know. Do you feel like... So, you so if, if I hadn't told you this, if you hadn't seen this was red and you tasted it... I'm the wrong person. Yeah, well... It's well. A, well, it's about our bias in the way that, like, with classical music yeah. for years, they used to um, only be men in orchestras and then they insisted, and it's now kind of common practice, that people audition behind curtains. Now you have... Mixed orchestras. Mm. It's a result. Right. right. Really? Absolutely. Fantastic. First early, real and useful way of communicating to people who might not necessarily be persuaded about subconscious bias is a really good example. Well, it's like the voice. But the other thing is... Same sort of thing. None of those wine experts even knew it was the same wine. You would have thought they would have guessed. The ITV version. (laughs) (laughs) Will Swallowing. This is a huge day for the the podcast. Well, it's the end of the the podcast. It's the end of the podcast. (laughs) We always said we'd taste the last one and thought. Have we ever had a guest that knew as much about wine as Rob? No, you do not no, sure. you do know quite a lot. We've had stories and people with useful memories, but you seem to... There's a real yeah. dialogue going on here, language-wise. Yeah. No, it's great. That's what my hobby was for. It's the law, though, isn't it? The law it's and the wine. Laws. Reading. Reading. I've, I've realised in lockdown, I've got... This is it's a Woody Allen, but I re- it really resonated. <laughs> I've got no fucking transferable skills. Like, in the event of war, I'd have to be a hostage. Right. Like, what is your skills? Reading. Reading. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't change any. I can't like. You do got, you got the law under your belt. That's you useful can... in a war. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's, what can I do? I can legally justify the reason right. I've hoarded the toilet roll. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? I've got nothing. So you need to. Music you want some physical sort of labouring skills? 
I, I, no, I don't have labouring <laughs> skills. Obviously, I would like someone else to have labouring skills. Mm. If you are a scaffolder who can read Proust in original film, <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> I am here. Let's get married. You sounds great. Yeah. yeah, there isn't one. There isn't one. If I find him, I'll let you know. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. Rob. Um, please take everything you learnt from Will and us today into your greater life. Oh, it's just been lovely. Yeah, it's that's what we should do every day. Every day should be should like do this. this. Every <laughs> day should be the Wine Times podcast. Oh, yeah, so true. <laughs> <laughs> That is it from us today. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Wine Times in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club, produced by Ben Mitchell. You can follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just do this via your normal podcast provider. We'll be back next week with more delicious wines and another great guest, great company, good stories. And remember, all of the wines we tasted today are available from the Sunday Times Wine Club website. Thank you again to A Dadly Kitchen and thank you to my mum for letting us drink wine in her space. But will you take the wine? I mean, I will take that white wine. Not only will I take, I'm going to be... It's my, it's my new thing. It's my oh, chat. Well. The, the, I think, um, no, but I really... It's on Sunday you, Times Wine Club. Jean-Marc who makes that is going to be very happy. I love I it. Just... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.